Hello, I'm Michael Worth, and this is the All Walks of Art podcast, lounge-like pub-style drinking show for creatives and artists from all walks of life. I'm going to try to get this out because it is very hard for me. Find a comfy chair, pour your favorite beverage, and enjoy the show. Paul, are you ready to crank this one out? It's like a full-on episode here today. It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> it's nuts. I wish everybody could have been with us for the last 15 minutes. It's been very exciting. Yeah. Yeah, that that clock doesn't work, by the way. So no, here we are. Time. I've I've got uh, a lot of gear in front of me. A lot of folks don't realize that there is a lot to this. When you try to do three different cameras, drink beer, have audio, do the things we do. We're actually recording two episodes again this week between me and you on the same day, one back to back. And uh, I recorded an episode yesterday with uh, the folks over at Old Capital Brewing. Oh, how cool. That was a lot of fun. And by that, I will tell you, we picked up, or I picked up a couple of crawlers. I don't know um, what a crawler is. A crawler is a 32-ounce can that they can take their uh, kegged beer, and before the cap is on the can, they can put the kegged beer in the can and then put the cap on it so it seals it, gives you a little bit of life out of it to take it home, Right. Then when you get it home, you can open it up and drink it like a beer. And it's very close to what they had in from, I mean, fresh right from the tap. I mean, it's it's really close. I mean, oh, I got It you. really is. So this beer here is actually one of Old Capital Brewing's beers. It's called Cheat Code. It's a hazy IPA. I know you're going to hate it. 6.3% alcohol by volume. Um, what's a what's a, what's a a regular Bud, can of Budweiser? What's the alcohol percentage in that? Uh, probably around four. Right. And then, So this uh, is a weak beer? Yeah, and alcohol-wise, yes. Uh, but in terms of IBUs, this is probably, if I had to take a stab at it, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 50 IBUs. And they made it right here in Chillicothe? Yes, made right All here right, in Chillicothe. Let's try this. Give it a shot. I, I, you do it. I'll, I'll talk about it for a second. Right. It's, uh, it's, it is hazy. Oh, no. I it's just, gonna, it's, just the smell, I can tell this is going to be terrible. Yeah, I, I, I love the smell. It's going to be it fantastic. smells like somebody dropped a pine cone into some toilet water. Yes, and that's exactly what I told them yesterday, how it was so much fun. And, and I keep saying yesterday, this episode is going to air uh, prior to their show. So it's Oh, just, that's confusing. Yeah, we're really fucking people's heads. But uh, So into the future, we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> okay, Yoda. Into the future, we are. <laughs> You're goofy. <laughs> All right. Well, cheers. I'm going to try it now because, you know, what do you think? <sighs> Man, the things I do for the show. Yeah. So on that on that show, we so, also uh, you'll want to pour that into yours because that. that's <laughs> fucking terrible. I know. Why would well, you drink that? It's really refreshing. That would really go good with a fish taco or a regular. Or, uh, or if you're mopping the floor with pine salt, oh that way God. you don't realize that you've actually, which one you've drank. <laughs> Have you drank the pine salt? Or have you drank the, that's what it tastes like, Fabuloso and Pine Sol mixed together. Do I look okay? Do I look okay for this episode? Do I, do I just? Yeah. Got, Push the top of your hair down a little bit. Top of my hair? No, no, the top. There you yeah. go. Oh, on the front, yeah. Just a little bit. So so what you want to do is you want to put the headphones on right at your forehead and just slide it back instead of just put, oh, slide it back. Like I a, knew there was something. Like a headband. I knew there was something. There's always something. And that's what this episode's about. So everybody listening, they're probably like, get to the point, guys. This episode is for artists. You didn't do what I told you, but that's all right. There you go. See? Yeah, now yeah. you don't have a little pop-up. I know. I know so, what's up. So the uh, this episode is for everybody in the art world who honestly just realizes that there's always something, right? You're you're never going to be perfect, right? Oh, no. So this episode is, you're never going to be perfect. <laughs> 
Uh, so this it, episode's for you. No, yeah, everything. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, I don't know. I struggled a little bit with what to talk about because it's just everything hit me kind of all at once this weekend, and it's just is a lot. There's a lot to take in. So I had to giggle, and and I'm sure you enjoyed seeing this. But um, one of the things I forget to do a lot on this show is hit the record button, right? <laughs> Because there's actually four record buttons to hit, and they're all kind of quirky on how you do it. Like, we got the one camera that don't have to worry about. Once it's on, it, it does its job, right? Even the autofocus is really good on it. I can do my thing. I can even see from my, my vantage point right now that it's recording that one. The GH5 doesn't have good autofocus, so got to kind of fool around with it. And, and it's getting nerdy, I know, but I, I want to get this out. So I'm using my, my phone here to basically hit record and what nothing am i getting in your in, you're you're in my <laughs> look you're in my shop when you hold that that's, that's like, like yeah and, uh, but i can cut cameras and i will yeah. do that but anyway no. uh this allows me to uh touch the focus on my phone which is really pretty cool so a lot of folks who may not like panasonic probably didn't know that existed and then then we got this little one over here which is a cousin to the a7s it's the a7r and no it's not the new one for all the geeks listening but the autofocus because because paul moves a lot paul kind of does these things he gets in and out of focus so sometimes the autofocus well, yeah it's supposed it. to be a lounge like show here like you know yeah. so when we're when we're sitting at the bar yeah we're not all yeah we're we're yeah. not all just sitting in one spot we're talking we're animated we're supposed to be casual and we are casual but like as i'm looking at this camera right that one right there i'm thinking to myself we didn't do the little eyeball thing that I was oh, talking yeah, about. Yeah, no so way. am I in focus? I can't see it. It seems like you are. It seems like Let's it. do it live. You want me to go over and Yeah, touch yeah, right let's now? do it live. So I'm going to teach Paul how to work an A7S. So put, put your finger over my face and just once. There, it went over your eyes. Yeah. There's a Is there a little dot? There's a little square over. Yeah. Are you sure? Okay. A square over your right eye. Okay. That'll work. That's it? Yeah, that's it. So it'll track my face. Isn't that cool? That is a really, really handy feature on the A7S III. Mm. <laughs> you're a videographer now. You're you're pro. You oh, can do this. Oh, yeah. So hopefully the whole first part of that. Was Are you? Will you let me borrow that camera sometime? No. See, that's fucked up. <laughs> I thought we were tight. Yeah, you got a droid. It'll do everything. <laughs> Pretty much will. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, the A7R is just it, it's it's kind of difficult. It's you know Paul's Paul's in that shot right now and. We have a record limit on it. There's there's just limitations, right? So I got to ask you, how do we as artists, and, and I'm putting you on the spot because right. I always do, how do we as artists deal with those constraints, those things that kind of get in our way and, and maybe take us out of the moment? Because it's easy to do. You know, we're having this conversation and it's, it's relaxed for the most part. You know, it's easy for you and I to sit down and talk and, and all that. And sometimes it's a little difficult. When, when you're, when you don't have this dynamic, but as creatives, you know, painting, drawing, making music, the gear can really get in the way. And we've talked about this briefly on other shows, but how do you combat that, those constraints? How do you work around the things that you know are just a problem if you don't go out buy new gear? I think you got three, there's three ways that you can do that. One, you have to plan ahead. Uh, you can do that and give yourself the extra time. To, that it takes to fight the gear mm-hmm. or to, to fight the elements, to fight right. whatever the, the, external, um, the external problem that, that you're having. The second way you can do it is you just 
you learn to make that part of the art. If if you've got if you got broken gear or you got gear that's not working, how can you make that part of it? If you got a camera that you can only record 15 minutes of video with, okay, so now my job is what can I do in 15 minutes? How can I how can I make it more focused? How can I how can I do that? Or if you got uh, a cabinet, a guitar cabinet that's got a broken speaker in it, how can I how can I make that tone part of what I'm doing? Is there is there something I can can use there? Or if I got something that's not working right, if I got a, an instrument that is broken, or if I have a brush that is not not tracking right, instead of just throwing it away, if that's the only thing I've taken out into the woods with me, and I was planning on getting this art, how can I? It, it's doing something different than a regular brush would. How can I incorporate that into my art? And then the third way is just to quit. Sometimes, sometimes you get you get all set up. Just quit for the day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So sometimes yeah, yeah. don't quit. Don't quit your no, art. But I, I think that's important too. And, and I've been in this case. I've been in this situation before. I got everything all set up, and I'm ready to go. And then a goddamn fucking computer is running updates. Now I've yes. got all this. I'm ready to go, man. I'm like, yeah. I'm feeling it. The juices are flowing. I'm about to create. And now I can't do anything because now my computer's fucking updating all this. All right. Well, I can sit here and I can fight with it and be upset. And by the time I get everything the way I want it, I'm out of the mood. So fuck it. Just let it do its thing and yeah. call it, you know, surrender. But what and if then you come can't. back another day? What if, what if you, what do you have to like, in a, like in our situation, sometimes we're, we're down to the wire. Right. We've got like this, this episode has to be recorded today, edited this evening, put out on the internet so that it can go out in a timely manner. How do you, and you can't record again sometimes if you have certain guests, right? You know, how do you deal with that? You know, there's nothing more That's frustrating. That's what sets you apart, though. And all, I mean, I give you a lot of hell because you overcomplicate everything. I mean, it's just, well, it may seem like it, but a lot of it, this, a lot of this complication is, is uh, beneficial. It, I, I feel how, you know, like it does on the back end for you in this. Yeah. Night. But if, if the cameras went down, then we would just do audio today. And if the audio went down, yeah. we could just, if we had to, we could just, we all got phones. We'd slap both of our phones on the table and we would record the, the podcast on the iPhone yeah. or, or the Android. Right. And edit it together and put it out. And it would be fine. It would be okay. We'd be able to get through it. But yeah. that's the thing. That's where you, you, there's always a way. Yeah. And it may not be optimal and it may not be what you right, want to do. But right. if all that happened and we needed to do that, we could do that. Right. Or right. I, I could have brought yeah. my Zoom or you got, a, you got the same thing. One of, them, yeah. one of them handhelds. We could set that down there and we would get okay audio and we'd be able to put the, yeah. we'd be able to put the show out. And it's the same thing. There's always going to be something that happens in any kind of, uh, uh, even when you're just painting in the studio or or you're p playing music um, in your basement, but especially if you go out, you're going out to jam with some friends or you've packed all your stuff and you're going out to the woods and you're going to do a blog and you're going to paint something that you see out there. You've forgotten something. It, you're, there's always going to be something in the middle of it. Do you think, ah, man, if I had this, I had that. You're limited to what you can carry. You're limited to what you're thinking that you may need. You're just doing the best you can. And then the next time you might bring bring that other thing. Man, I would like to have that. Right. So it's a learning. It's a learning experience. And I think that's what sets that's what sets most of us that have longevity and that keep doing it despite uh, all the 
all yeah. the obstacles yeah. that, that come up from other people that just, you know, not that there's anything wrong with being a hobbyist, but I think that's what sets you apart is mm -hmm. you're going to keep doing it even when it's not fun in a moment because there's, there's more to it than, right. than just right. fun sometimes. And there's more to it than just having everything just right. Cause out of 365 days, there's probably only going to be five of those when everything aligns and everything's just right. It's how you, how you react, how, that that's it. Reactionary, how you react to, um, to your, the, the shortcomings of your gear, the shortcomings of your planning, um, yeah. the shortcomings. Or the advanced uh, part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's, that's something I want to touch on too, real quick. And I, I know you still had a lot to go there and when we got, plenty of time to do this oh yeah i'll take another drink of this fucking pine cone there you piss. go it's a cheat code by the way we didn't say that already i'm sure we did no, um, we didn't and that's that's what i want to say it's Let's what's kind of cool is a uh, cheat code you know we've all had cheat codes we do things that help us get through the things we do but a lot of times we get this advanced gear and we start to um for whatever reason we're getting it. I mean, I, I do a lot of what I do because I like to shoot in certain formats because I, I can get the most dynamic range out of it. So I need certain cameras that can do that. So that's, that's one thing. And then I also want full control over the lenses, the, the, the focus, you know, whether it be manual or not. And, and there's just a lot of reasons behind what I do, what I do. And, and we've talked about this a little bit, like with the a7R, I can bypass the, and, and by the way, the new one, that I won't be getting anytime soon. Uh, the new one does not have uh, a record limit internally for video, which, you know, I, I wish the old ones didn't. It, it had to do with a tax law that they finally got rid of in Europe. You can't convince me that there's not a way to get in there and plug there it is. into the internet. And that's why I'm saying this is the cheat code for that camera is that you can, if you uh, get an external recorder that records over uh, HDMI, like, a, like an Atomos Ninja 5, you can put that on there and there it no longer records internally. So you bypass huh. that tax reasoning and you can, you can actually record full time. And I'll, I'll have one eventually. I've got an external monitor that I use. It's a Shinobi also made by Atomos. Shinobi. Yeah. It's the, that's the model number or the model type is Shinobi. Really? Yeah. They use, they use a uh, old warriors. They have one, a sumo, uh, a sumo, which is a big one. You know, it's that's a bigger cool. monitor. It's kind of cool. Stop putting your hand in my shot. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's, that's one of the things, uh, we kind of complicate things on our, on our own. If you, as a painter, if you have more colors, sometimes, you know, yes, that extra blue might be nice to have, but do you really need it? And, and I see your point about the minimalism side of things about, you now we can pick up our phones and things, but then you start losing that other aspect of it. Listen, and, and this is, I know this is going to hurt you. I know this is going to hurt you to the core, but mm -hmm. the truth of it is. If, if you're, if you're, if you're, I don't care what medium that you're creating in, if you're taking photos and your photo still isn't going to be, it isn't going to move you if you take it with a Android, then it's not the camera. If your painting is, is not going to inspire you and not going to, going to, you know, give you that feeling because, you know, it, it, if you couldn't do it and and five or six collars, but you got, got 20 of them. It, it's not going to work. It's the same way exactly. with music. Yes. If the song doesn't sound good on acoustic, yeah. if it, if it's, if it's not there, right. Then it's, you don't have a song. Yes. 
Not I to say there's totally nothing wrong with, with the big production of it and everything. Yes. It's great, man. The production's awesome. Yes. But at the core of it, that I don't care how expensive your camera is, if if it's about you capturing a moment. It's about your eye. It's about what right. you're seeing. It's about it's about setting this up. It's about being at the right place right, at right, the right. at the right. It's about being at the right place at the right time and setting yourself up. <laughs> it really is. I love technology, and yeah. we've we've said it a million times on the show. I I love technology. I love the newest pedals. Yeah, I like cameras. I like things. I like apps. I like yeah. I like all that stuff. But at the end of the day, if this show doesn't work, if we couldn't record this show yeah. on a in into um I don't know a memo recorder yeah. and put it out yeah and then we, the show do don't that. the show does not work right so. It doesn't work because of all the cameras right. and, and all the specials. The show works because you and I hate each other. Right. <laughs> no, but it, it works because hopefully that somebody else relates to yes. the struggles and the things that, that we say yes. and, and the fact that, that you and I have a good relationship. Yes. That's why the show works. The show don't work because of any of this fucking gear that you bought. Right. And and that's the that's it the, enhances it. That's kind of the core of the show right now. This this episode is if you're not ready for the gear yet, don't feel like don't have that FOMO, that fear of missing out. Don't think that that new camera or that new gear or that that really nice guitar don't feel like because you're getting started and you're still in your infancy of creating things, right? Don't feel like because you don't have the best gear, you can't start doing it. And that's kind of the idea here. You right. know, you, you kind of grow into the complicated shit. YouTube started with shitty-ass flip phone cameras and people doing dumb stuff on it. And then yeah. people has made a yeah. career of doing stuff like that. Yeah. It's all about doing it. It's about content. And then you grow and you learn from each day and each thing that you do. Every time you look at it, well, I set this shot up wrong. I wish I'd have done this different. I mm -hmm. wish I'd have done that. I wish I'd started uh, filming sooner. I wish I'd cut there. That's that's what it's about, and then and you'll grow with it. But like you said, it's about it's about you and about what you're wanting to put out there, and just get started. Yep, just and, get yeah. started. And I mean, work, they teach work us with that. the constraints you have, the the strengths and weaknesses you have, and and the constraints that make you do what you do. I just I really want to talk about this uh, because it is important. It's it, you're you're going to run across challenges, and I think the more you complicate your creative process, the more challenges you're going to have. And this is why on big movie sets, the director's job is to direct, not to light the scene. Right. The director's job is to do his thing. And the, the first assistant, uh, first assistant, man, you had a guy right there. But yeah, the first assistant, his job is to pull focus, right? And make sure focus is good. Not the camera operator. A lot of folks think it's the camera operator is pulling all that. And he's not. Camera operator is just making sure that you're in frame. And that you're in the right spot, and he's in the right spot, or she, right? And it's kind of what was that? But it's it's kind of it's that's why movies have so many people. And this is why I say pay for your goddamn movies because there's a lot of people that get paid. You know, there's the the stylist, the the, the makeup people, the grips, the key grips, yeah. you know, uh, all that kind of stuff, and, and just all the people behind the scenes that deserve to get paid for the work that they do because. They have a job to do, and if they screw it up, it costs a lot of money. Right. You know, same thing with music. You know, and I I do these shows uh, primarily on the on the technical end of things alone, and it is hard. It is really hard. 
And I, I know from doing shows without you that they're even more hard. I mean, they are very difficult for me because we bounce our conversations. We, we tend to have a better uh, communication between the two of us. It's almost like there's a synergy there that says, okay, I know what Mike's getting at. I want to, I want to mm-hmm. polarize this for a second and get him reared up about something. Or it's, I'm listening to Paul and I'm thinking, what the fuck is he saying? Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. But yeah, there, there's just, there's, there's a whole lot of dynamics going on in a podcast. Uh, this isn't so much just about the podcast either, but there's dynamics in everything you make as a creative. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's just always something that's going to challenge you. And those challenges are really, they're a learning opportunity. It's, a, it's an opportunity to learn how to defeat that challenge. You know, like with me putting the post-it note up on my, my little recorder here, I just put, hey, fucktard, hit this. And there's an arrow that points at the record button. That's Be- probably not politically correct. I know, it's not. But it, it just, it, I'm an idiot, right? <laughs> so I have to look at it and go, why is it? It's funny because it's in the middle of a conversation. Like if I don't hit it. We're just talking, I'm thinking, and, and as somebody's talking, I should be listening to what they're saying. Right. But I'm going around looking at the cameras. I'm looking at this one. I'm looking at that one. I'm thinking about this one. And I'm checking my phone, checking the notes. Are we talking about the stuff? Are we staying on topic? Are the, is the audio good in my head? Mm-hmm. And I glance over and go, that little record button is supposed to be red right now. I mean, the lines are moving. The levels are going up and down. And I can see it all, but the red button, fuck, I didn't hit record, right? And then next thing you know, it's like, jeez. And, and I have to giggle because we've done it a couple times in the studio. We did it um, at uh, Vision of Silence. Yeah. And that was, that was embarrassing for me because we had a group of people. And oh, I was yeah. like, oh, man, you know. And we'd already had a lot. And the, the beer we had was pretty, pretty intense. It was too much beer for it- road yeah, shows it worked out all right. Though. It did, it did, but it did help us to help to loosen up a little bit. Yeah, there was a whole lot you said earlier on in this episode that made me think about just what what creatives can do to kind of mitigate things. Here's the thing: I, I think you got to look at it like this, and and it's a, a lot of us grown up artistic types, creatives. Probably what well, a, a lot of us, not all of us, but a lot of us probably wasn't on the football team what didn't play basketball weren't really athletic um and, and you don't really it, it's a little bit different i think growing up today than than maybe our generation but if you don't fit in there you just don't really fit in at all as you grow up and you look at you look at sports and you start to look at the, the there's a lot of artistry in there and if there's somebody listening that, that hasn't looked at it that way you really look at at football and in in particular and all the things that have to come together and the art of designing a play and um the 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 art of trying to figure out what plays to put in at the time and then all the training and the 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 stuff that goes into that and then when you're on the field the improv because nothing's going to go you can't plan for everything and and how a wide receiver run their route and maybe do their own thing and be able to catch the ball and what they do after that you start to, at least for me, as I got older, I seen the beauty of it, and I understood the 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 kind of the parallels to to creatives and and stuff to go into it. And then then you really look into it, and a lot of a lot of athletes are musicians and and painters, and and 
different things. And it, it all makes sense then. But when you're in high school, it, you don't really see it. Right. But the point I'm getting to is it isn't any different than trying to overcome an injury. You have a job to do, whether you're, you're going to try and make music this day and the technology is working against you or your own mind's working against you or your tool is, is not quite right. Same way, your your leg's not 100%, your, your back hurts, your, your arm hurts. How are you going to go out and perform? What are you going to do? How can you, how can you compensate? If you can't run as fast as, as, as you should be able to, well, how are you going to use your brain to, to, to overcome that? Mm-hmm. And it's the same way. If, if, if your tools are working against you, your, your emotional state is working against you, the environment, if it's working against you, Use that. Use that as a challenge to to say, all right, how's I'm not going to let this hold me back. I'm going to use this as a way to make this day unique and let this affect my art in a way that never would have any other way. That that's that's where I'm coming from with it. Or if it's bad enough, sometimes you just got pull plug. Like, look, it's not happening today. Fucking clean the slate and yeah. start over tomorrow. Yeah, there are days like that. I mean, you you do have that. I've I've tossed out canvases because i'm like i'm just not digging it yeah you have to and you you have to you have to know when that is for you and you might be wrong sometimes maybe sometimes if you just push a little farther Mm -hmm. it could have been something great but then sometimes like why waste another three hours on this exactly it's not worth it i'm not in the right state of mind yeah and you're going to get it wrong yeah you're going to get it wrong and the key is do it again the next time and and do a little bit different yeah you find you find what went wrong and and for me, that's the biggest thing. It's like if I go back and overanalyze, which I do a lot, mm-hmm. and I go back and I say, I don't want to say overanalyze because that's not that's not quite right. I, we always seem to think of it as a derogatory term. But um, when you go back and analyze what you've done, what you could do better, and try to find a key takeaway from that moment, you know, if the canvas didn't, if the painting wasn't working, why? Why didn't it work? Did you have too many colors? Was it too complicated of a subject? Uh, was the lighting bad? Were you outside painting and it was raining? You know, snowing. You there know, you go. Did, did you not plan? A lot of this comes out on that. Did you not? Did you not check the schedule? Did you, did you so, just say? Did you not plan? Yeah. And you get on my case for planning. No, I know. <laughs> did you overplan? Did you overplan? And that's right. one of the things that we always t- talked about. And Ryan, you know, we've played music together mm-hmm. for thirty years, but it's about it's. We try never to rehearse the day before a gig. Yeah. Um. You know, always use the analogy, you know, don't leave it in the gym. But, yep. but the thing is, you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to plan so much that it takes you out of it. Yeah. So sometimes yeah, yeah, you, you got to leave, you got to leave room for the, the, the spark. Yep. And, but that's not to say planning's bad. I mean, I give you a lot of hell, but, uh, planning is good. You, you have to plan to a point and then you have to know that no matter how much you plan, it yes. doesn't matter. It really does not. At it the end matter. of the day, something's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, the electric could go out. Yeah. The, 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 you could have a family emergency. Uh, you could be playing with the camera. There's a lot of things could happen. I, I just had one of the moments where I thought, it's not recording. I wanted to make sure it was. Sorry. See? <laughs> <laughs> we got to be genuine, you know? I, leaving in the gym is, is something that's pretty important right there because as you were talking about that, I was thinking to myself, there are a lot of occasions where you plan, plan, and plan, and when the plan doesn't go according to plan, which it never does, right? There's there's always that moment when you when you've planned. Let's let's look at a show because this might be easiest for us to both 
come together on because we've both done shows. When you plan all your songs, when you learn your music and you have a plan for what songs happen and the time you have available and all the little things that go along with just performing live, you get there on the day of the show and things happen. Those are the things that you have to react to. And that's kind of the biggest thing here that I'm getting at is there are moments that change your plan and how you react to those, maybe those constraints or those, those challenges. Those are the things that separate a pro from an am amateur. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, I hate using money as a way to distribute or to uh, uh, describe if you're pro or not, because there are a lot of amateurs out there that are kicking pros ass when it comes to technical work and, and their skill level. But it's, you know, and there's a lot of these, the, these famous uh, painters that died broke, yeah. but their paintings go for millions of dollars. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. But the, you know, you're, you're stuck with, you know, the drummer might get up there and you know, if you, if you, if you bust a kick drum head, you know, what's the likelihood of the drummer having another kick drum head in the truck? Right. Right. And you're like, uh, shit, kind of need that. You know, what do you do? You know, there's, there's a lot of things that, that happen. And, and when you start to complicate it, it becomes worse. You know, uh, let's say you go play digital drums and now the brain doesn't see the kick drum anymore. Right. What are you going to do? You know, and, and start that's, hitting that floor tom. Exactly. Use the floor tom as a, as a kick drum. You got to get through the music, you know, the, the show fans, must go on. The, yes, the fans paid to see something and you need to show them what they're paying for, you know. Uh, but that's also, again, that's where you back up and you say, okay, what could I have done differently? You know, in the case of uh, a drum head busting, maybe maybe you do bring some of the critical heads. The kick drum and the snare head are probably two heads that you should bring with you every time you do a show if you're a drummer. Right, or you know, or if you take, keep your... Uh don't have a kick drum with a hole in it. That way you can turn it around if you absolutely have to and use the front head. I mean, yeah, you be, could do that. Be better than nothing. Yeah. They're usually a lot thinner, so they don't last as long, but yeah. it'll get you through the show. And I've seen guys do it with the actual hole in the, the mic hole in it. Yeah. And it still works. Yeah. You know, it, it just, it won't take a beating, you know, but it might get you through the show. You know, snare heads. Another thing, if you're thinking about that, it's a 14 inch uh, drum head. If you have a 14 inch Tom, take the head off of that. You know, these, these are things that just start clicking, you know, as you're working, you got to work quickly and think, and that, that goes with painters and, um, musicians, writers. I mean, writers kind of, I guess they have that luxury of saying, okay, I'll just come back and fix it because the end product is the end product is written, but, uh. Yeah. All right, Tim. I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud, really, a lot of things. I think it's important that we address the idea that you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have that fear of missing out, you know, just because the new camera came out. You know, you don't have to go and buy it thinking that that's what's going to make your work better. Or you just guitar. bought a new camera recently, though, didn't you? I, well, it's not new. It's, a, it's actually a two-year-old uh, model. Hmm. Um, I never buy anything brand new, really. Um, it's it's one that I've had my eye on for two years. Yeah, you know, I, know. I really have. I'm pretty excited about it, and and it does answer a lot of my questions on, or it, it solves a lot of my own problems. You know, if we only had one camera to work with, it would be that camera, mm-hmm. which that one there, um, the one that's on you. Yes, coincidentally, yeah, because hey. it's the furthest away. Oh yeah, you know the one I gotta, the one I have to babysit the most is right next to me. Yeah. You know, which is you know, it's important. You know. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, there's nothing wrong, wrong with technology. I love technology. Right. There's nothing wrong with getting new stuff. But right. And and I don't want this to be a technological show. I don't want it to be one of them shows where we talk about you know you got to have this gear and that gear. And I keep I keep talking away from my mic as I'm doing my thing. But well, uh, we've only this is only like our third podcast. Yeah, we're get, we're we're closing in on 100. And that's exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. People um, still listen to this thing. They do. That's awesome. Yeah, and we did piss off our German listeners. I think why. Because they quit listening. Now we got two Austrian. Oh, so that's they hell be, yeah. They must be kind of. I got. Uh, like, oh, good. I got family in Austria. <laughs> See ya. Yep. Not the land down under, right? You're, you're getting it. Like, it is Austria. Austria, in yeah. In Europe. <laughs> Just you motherfucker. Make sure. You motherfucker. Are you serious? <laughs> I did that. I went there. It's where the Glock factory is. I know where yeah, Austria it is. is. Yeah, it is. Cocksucker. But why? Did salt. we say something to upset our German friends? We must have. Must have been that push it to button thing you did there <laughs> in that one episode with those one oh, guys. Oh, because we were drinking the dragon, dragon minikizzi. Yeah, the dragon bite. Yeah, dragon biss. That's probably what pissed them off. Yeah, yeah, my my poor version. But yeah, I, I had uh, I did have one uh, message from someone. Oh yeah, uh, what was it? Yeah, it was. Was it nice? The, yeah, it, it basically said, "This is how you say push the button in German." Kick ass. Yeah, it was kind of cool. What uh, was it? His mother listened to it. So, uh, yeah, I feel a little bit weird that his mother listened to it. She's she's German. So, so, so how do you say it? I'm not going to try to repeat it because. Come on, give it a shot. No. No. Pussy. We're not going to do it on this show because we got to let things die every now and again. You know, I just brought it up because I wanted you to hear it. <sighs> Whatever. I don't know. You got anything else to add? We're going to do a double header. We're going to have to open this other beer. Oh, fuck. Yeah. You better pour this in your glass. And okay. Down. Yeah, we will. I had some. Uh, you don't have anything else to add. No, what's, so that, what's that thing called? <laughs> that. Uh, shoot. It's a high end bourbon, but starts with a B, I think. I can't remember. I had a little sip of it. Chris was like, drinking. Like Blanton's, maybe? Blanton's. Yeah, yeah. I had that last night. Nice. I never had it before. You like it? I, it had a nice finish. Yeah. I didn't really like I thought that, you know, Chris was going on about how smooth yeah. it is and. And You're talking about Krabby Chris, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was on the podcast a few yes. episodes ago. Yeah, he was. He was talking about how great it was, how smooth it was. It, it hit you in the fucking mouth real quick, but then it, it had a nice taper off. I thought it was cool, but he really likes it. Yeah, it's cool stuff. Nice bottle, too. It was the octagonal-shaped bottle. Did I didn't get to see it. Oh, okay. He just came out on the patio, and he had it. And I was like, I yeah, see. I'll take a little sip of it. I see. I learned something new. We'll, we'll throw this in as a bonus. I learned something new today. Rapid fire. I was... Uh, I was looking at my, my decanter. I usually keep my scotch in here, mm-hmm. right? And there was a, a video I was watching. The guy was like, you need to have an infinity bottle. I'm thinking, what the fuck is he talking about? Infinity bottle. And this, every time you get a drink out of it, you pour more whiskey in it. And the guy wasn't real. The video I saw, they weren't real concerned about what kind of liquor they put in it as long as you keep adding to it. So you so, mix liquors? Apparently. I'm not going to do it with my scotch bottle because kind of particular about that. But I might do it with a bourbon, like like cheap bourbon. Like if I think in my mind, cheap bourbon, right? Which I do drink a lot of cheap bourbon. I, I have a drink every day, right? So I'll, <laughs> yeah, I know. Don't give me that look. I'm, I'm, I'm not. And on a very gonna, special episode of yeah, All Walks of Art. Yeah, we're drinking The coffee. intervention. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, so. So anyway, I when I when I have a, a cigar, right, on a Saturday, um, like for breakfast, I might go ahead and do 
like a, a bottle of uh, bourbon, right? I know that sounds terrible when I said breakfast, but <laughs> just going to say it out loud. It it might breakfast for me is like eleven o'clock, right? And you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. God darn, this is getting bad. Yeah, somebody's gonna come at me, aren't they? Aren't they? Don't don't come at me. Um, I think the word that they'll use is functioning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. But that's I never really considered that. Uh, yeah. I wonder. I wonder what it'd be like to mix like two different kinds of bourbon together and and see what kind of. Flavors. I mean, yeah, that's kind of the neat thing about it. It's like, oh, well, that's that's an oddball flavor today. I, I had a decanter, and my ex wife got me shaped like a skull, and I was going to use it to put my um, vanilla. Uh, beam in it, yeah, and it had crack salt in it, but you couldn't see it till you got to oh, in it. But yeah. luckily, I saved the bottle. I was able to pour it all back in there the regular bottle. But yeah, yeah, that could it, be bad. It looks cool. There's a big crack right down. And you couldn't couldn't tell it till you got all this. So the skeleton had a crack. The the skull, the big but, skull. Yeah, it was like a big skull decanter. All, all right. right. Well, the show grind, grind <laughs> yeah, it to a halt. Yeah, it did. Uh, please stay tuned for our second episode, which is an intervention yeah, for Mike yeah. and his breakfast <laughs> bourbon. It'll be a couple oh, of weeks. Let's do one where we have pancakes and waffles and what bourbon pairs best with the uh, Oh, that maple would be syrup. good. Yeah. It, it Actually, you got me. My, my brain is like, I'm so on it. <laughs> All right. I'm going to bring my blender in. We're going to yeah. do one where I make that one drink for you. They've all tuned out, Paul. <laughs> Everybody's waiting for the... Yeah, they tuned out the, before this. They're all waiting for the end. <laughs> ain't, ain't we all? Yeah. So Old <laughs> old Capital Brewing, uh, great little place uh, right here in town. You can you can get your 32-ounce uh, crowler to take home if you uh, want to go in there and sample some stuff. Grab uh They don't have any, any liquor, correct? Uh, I think they are starting on... Uh, I think they have started actually doing at least wine. I do how, know they have wine. How come we haven't went to this bourbon bar down here on the on Paint Street? We just have not had time. I'm going to have to set that up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We got a lot of really cool places right here in town. There's a small, small little town. No, no metropolitan. There's area, not but we much are going to, do to have other to wrap than drink. Up. We really are because we got another beer to drink. Well, you're. I just added it. All right, let's do I'm it. I'm pretty excited. I got chicken wings to eat. Yeah. So let's go. So may your drinks be tasty, tasty and your muse thirsty. <laughs>